What's Dave doing? He's walking! Dave's walking! Not even attempting to hustle! Look at the laziness! Look at the speed! Flying by him! Old and lazy! Yeah! Welcome to another edition of Cleveland Schwill. As always, I have my co-host Dave Hamilton with me. Go ahead and say hi, Dave. What's up? What's up? And we are going to get those muscles flexing and the sweat on your brow is going to begin because we have Cleveland OCR Jason Dooley who runs a nonprofit organization for obstacle course racing right here in Cleveland. They do some amazing things with uh, the community and they also do some amazing races and now i'm not talking about the ones that are uh televised i'm talking about uh you know like where people are running around different countries i'm talking about almost american ninja warrior type obstacles and uh at long distances but before we get into questioning uh jason on on how all that works we're all drinking something, and Dave, why don't you tell me what you're drinking tonight? Uh, well, this was, this was a no-brainer for me tonight uh, Ooh, because okay. I, we're we're sitting here in Northeast Ohio, and uh, it went. I think at one point today it was 50 degrees, and then at one point it was like 27 degrees, and then it was 56 again. I think it's down <laughs> to like 30 something now. Uh, so I'm just, I'm just hot cocoa. I, my, my daughter works at Dunkin' Donuts. She got me a hot cocoa. I'm hot cocoa in tonight. Ooh, that's the first hot cocoa I've heard of anybody drinking, uh, probably since last winter. So that kind of warmed me up a little bit. There you go. (laughs) Uh, let me introduce our guest, Jason Dooley of Cleveland OCR. Jason, thanks for coming on Cleveland Schwill. What are you drinking? Yeah, hey man, thanks for having me. Um, I'm just sitting here. I got a nice ice cold beer. Uh, just you know, yeah, today. Perfect, ice cold beer. Because guess what? There's two of us right now drinking ice cold beer. Uh, I I am also drinking an ice cold beer. This one's from Brewdog as well, but it's called Elvis Juice. And I'm not even going to ask how they got the <laughs> juice from Elvis, but I'm going to go ahead and crack it open and get started. And uh, and see how it is. I, I, I've had one of these in the past. It's been a bit, bit, but I, I remember enjoying it. So let wait. Last time, last time it was an Iron Maiden beer. Yeah, and which this, was so now you now you've moved on to Elvis. So you're actually moving backwards in time with your rock and roll stars <laughs> with your beer. You know what? I didn't even think about that. And Iron Maiden's like forty years ago. Elvis, we're we're going back to the beginnings of rock and roll. So yeah. Yeah, there's some people listening probably don't even know who Elvis is at this point. There's oh, like, well, who's that? 
No, no, because <laughs> I just had a hit movie come out about him. So now everybody knows him again. Oh, no, that's right. Oh, yeah, that's right. They think yeah. it's that guy that played Elvis. Yeah. But let's not waste any more time. Let's go right to Jason. Uh, Jason, uh, the first thing I wanted to kind of talk about is, like, what brought you to the Cleveland area? And, like, what? where did you grow up? Did you grow up in Cleveland or, or did you move here? Uh, yeah, man. So, um, I grew up near Toledo, Ohio, uh, a little town called Rossford. Um, uh, I graduated from Rossford high school. I actually went to school at BGSU and, uh, I got my degree there, uh, my undergrad degree. Um, and then when I was, you know, looking for jobs, trying to find somewhere to go that brought me out here to Cleveland area. So actually most of the jobs I applied to were in Cleveland. Um, oh, okay. so yeah, I moved out here in, um, August of 2012. And you've been out here ever since. And then we know you're a teacher. Uh, do you teach in Cleveland or where do you teach? I do. Yeah, I teach at North Olmstead High School. Um, this is my 11th year teaching there. Um, and I, I'm actually an art teacher. Oh, that's great. Oh, yeah. that, that's perfect because we love putting on art. Nice. So now that you're an art teacher, that's even a greater link for us. Yeah. <laughs> It's funny because Jason's kind of like Superman. By day, he's a teacher. And then at night, he's like, you know, putting 100 pounds on his back and running 10 <laughs> miles up and down hills. So this is great. Um, That's so, amazing. So, Jason, did you do sports in high school or were you an athlete or when when did you, uh, you know, kind of get into this sort of thing? Yeah. So, um, I, 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 I've been that kid that's always just outside running around playing in the woods, picking up something, playing with it. Right. As a little kid. Um, yeah. got into middle school and high school. Um, I was an all Ohio football player in high school. I was a basketball player. I was a state track runner. So I was definitely an athlete. Um, Absolutely. And, and, and I worked really hard, you know, to be a good athlete. Um, so, after high school, then you get into college. And unfortunately I couldn't play football in college because I had to work, I had to go to school, I had to pay my bills. Um, yep. Not to get into too much detail, but I was an emancipated minor, so I didn't have any kind of support when I went to college. So my number one goal was to be able to afford school and afford my rent, pretty much. Um, so in college, I played a lot of club sports, club basketball, club football, uh, soccer, you name it, anything to kind of stay busy, you know? Yeah, between all the other work you had to do. Between so. all the other yeah. stuff. Yeah, well, yeah. You, because you, know, you only have so much time. At least the club sports, you can like be like, yeah, I'm not showing up today. I'm, I'm busy. But like, yeah, you know, for the football know, I mean, team, yeah, <laughs> that's a different sports, story. Sports is just a great way. You know, it's a great way to release, you know, the stress and the energy from the day. You know, just have fun. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I, I don't know if I could live without going to the gym five times a week. Like, it's 100% where I go to relieve all my stress. Yeah. Absolutely. So, so out of curiosity, out of curiosity though, so where does the art come from then? So where did you, where did you cultivate that? Is that something, what, what's your chosen art? Are you like a painter? Or are you into that kind of art? Like how did you wind up teaching art? Yeah. So um, again, even you know, as a little kid, second, third, fourth grade, my brother and I, we were always going out. Um, you know, we live in a pretty new housing development area. So we were going out looking at dumpsters, grabbing wood, grabbing boards, you know, and just building and making things. Um, I was always that curious kid that was like taking apart the remote control to see what it's made out of, you know, and just, yeah. I was always curious about how things are made and how things are put together. Um, so obviously I did that all through school. And then when I went to college, I decided to be a teacher. 
um, because there's a lot of teachers in my family. I enjoy showing people how to do things and actually showing them something new. Um, and when I went to college, I uh, took my first ceramics class, actually, which is what I specialize in. Um, and I fell in love with the 3D art of, you know, building things out of clay. So that's what I got my focus in for our education was uh, 3D. So now at North Olmstead High School, I teach all the um, ceramics and sculpture classes that we have. Oh, that's awesome. That's yeah, really cool. Nice. I just yeah. think I think that's cool because I feel like a lot of people, a lot of people that go sports don't go art. I think it's cool that you're doing both. You know what I mean? I think some people feel like you have to do one or the other and you really don't. You can, you know you can do I, I any mean, of it that you want to do. Yeah. It's funny because people always, you know, they meet me and, and they're like, what do you do? I'm like, I'm an art teacher. They're like, no, you're not. What do you do? I get paid to hang out with high school kids and show them how to build cool stuff. You know, like, um, so yeah, people definitely, I don't fit the common mold. You know, like, again, after school, we're going out running races and doing workouts and rock climbing and kayaking. You know, I mean, we're out doing stuff that not your typical art teacher goes and does. No, they don't. I remember every <laughs> art teacher I yeah. ever had was they had, you know, large, thick glasses and they yep. would wear like, a you know, one of those shawl type sweaters. Yes, and they had, you know, something. yeah. And I and I would always. Speaking of ceramics, <laughs> I was so bad at ceramics, like everything I ever did turned into a bowl or an ashtray or whatever. I, <laughs> not, nothing I could do. And they or always an blew up. And every time you put them in the oven, they always blew up because I had air bubbles in them. Well, so that, that's, I mean, that's because you, you didn't have me as a teacher. I would have made you make, make some better Yes. Sense. Jason, I, I, I should just come in and take a class from you just to, to make up for all the problems I had when I was growing up in the with yeah. the ceramics no, um, it, it's actually a lot of fun i mean i've had students with you know have a lot of success so i've had students win national art awards i've had them win state art awards um we've had students get full scholarships to school for what they make in my class so i mean it really is a rewarding job when you see the hard work of some of these students pay off wow that's that's amazing they were giving away uh full scholarships to some kids for for art yeah Oh, I'm so glad to hear that. I didn't know they did that. You know, it's hard enough. Like, I didn't even think they did full academic scholarships anymore. Uh, I thought it was just athletic scholarships maybe get you a full ride. But if people are getting them off of art, I didn't know that. Yeah. That's that's really interesting. It's awesome. I mean, I've also had now I have two former students who are now art teachers themselves also, which is a lot of, a lot oh. of fun them. That's really cool. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. That's, that's great. And, and so you're, you're, you're teaching some athletics to the community as a whole, but you're also, you know, promoting art for the future to a whole gener new generation of kids. I love that. Um, so that's what we're all about here is promoting artists. So um, that's, that's music to my ears. I'll tell you that. Um, so though, Jason, I know you went to the military. Um, what, what, drew you to the military was this an rotc program you were in in college or or did you just decide to go after you were done or how did so, that work so it, it's kind of funny it was the rotc um so while i was going to bowling green i had a factory job where i was working you know 35 45 hour weeks um i would go to i would work you know 4 30 a.m to 4 30 p.m and then go to night classes right after um I was making good money doing that. You know, I mean, it paid for school, it paid for my rent, it paid for food and gas, which is good. Um, 
And in 2009, when uh, the recession kind of got really bad and there was layoffs, yeah. I got laid off because, uh, you know, factory jobs go off seniority and I had the least seniority in, in my group. Um, so I got laid off. I went through a little bit of a kind of nervous breakdown of what am I going to do? Cause I can't afford school, you know, and rent on my own. Um, and I was actually hanging out in the art studio with some of my friends and, uh, one of them said, why don't you go over and talk to the ROTC? And I'm like, cause I can't, you know, I don't have time to go over there and play army. I had no clue what the ROTC was. Yeah. Um, I thought the ROTC was a club for people who couldn't be in the art. I, I, I seriously didn't know what it was. Yeah. Um, so, so like, no, you know, <laughs> no, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. You know, all I saw was people in uniform walking around campus with toy guns, you know, going bang, bang. So I had no clue. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So, so the next day um, she walked me over there and was like, Hey, talk to this person, find out what they offer. Um, so I sat down with her name was Colonel DeWalt. She was the uh, head instructor at the ROTC. And uh, we talked for a few minutes and she turned around on the whiteboard and she wrote, this is what we're going to offer you. And she wrote 100%. She goes, we'll pay that for your school. I was like, sign me up. Let's do this. You know what I mean? Yep. I nice. Honestly, I had no idea what I was getting myself into. I was like, they're going to pay for school, whatever it costs, I'm going to do it. You know? So, um, I, I went through the ROTC program, uh, for three years while I was in school. Um, I actually graduated as the highest ranking cadet, um, at Bowling Green State University. Um, and then, so I commissioned as a, a second Lieutenant. I went, you know, did the army. Um, cool thing was my younger brother, Kevin did the exact same program. Um, kind of the same situation happened to him about four months after me. So he joined the ROTC. We graduated together. Um, <clears throat> we went to basic training together. <clears throat> we were in the same unit for a while together. Um, so that's kind of how I got into the military. Um, so I didn't necessarily have like a calling to be a soldier or, you know, to, you know, serve, but it was just something that worked for me to get through school. Um, but like anything else, I took it very seriously. So, um, like I said, I was really good as a leader and an officer. Um, I got very high evaluations on all my you know, scores and fitness tests and all that stuff, um, which actually got me to become a military intelligence officer because you, you had to score like top 98th percentile in order to do that. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, so I did 12 years in the army. Um, I got out as a captain um, of, of military intelligence and I had one deployment under my belt too. Wow. Well, wow. We thank you for your service. Um, yeah, definitely. Yeah, thank and, you. Uh, that, that's amazing story. You know, you I, I'm, I'm kind of going back a little bit when you talk about 2008 and like what you're going to do. And, and, you know, I had the exact same problem. Uh, I was in construction at that time. And when that bottom fell out, they were like, Brian, you're not going to be able to get back out. There's like no jobs coming out here. You're not going to be able to get back out for three years is what they told me. I'm like, yeah. I need health insurance. I have two sure. kids. I have like, I was ended up working all over the country and just like the worst little farm towns and all these different places just to make ends meet. It was, I hated it. I, you know, and who knows what you, you can't just say what if, but probably made the right decision going ROTC because it was really bad there for quite a few years. Yeah. You, you yeah. know, I mean, I knew it was something I could do. Um, no one, no one in my family was military, um, but my, my sister married in the military. So I knew her husband was in, so I kind of talked to them about it a little bit. 
you know, I, I knew physically I could handle it. I knew, um, you know, kind of my persona naturally as a leader would transition into an officer well to be able to lead people and instruct other people. Um, and again, like you said, it was just, it was a scary time. I didn't know what to do. I saw a lot of my friends from high school at the time going down bad paths, whether it was, you know, drugs, oh, yeah. or whatever. And then I just, I didn't want to be that kind of person, you know? So yeah. military for me, I mean, it really was a great choice and it kept my, I kept my head on straight, you know, because obviously I'd go out, do the college thing, go to bars, have parties and stuff, but it, it also kind of gave me something to look forward to with graduating and becoming an officer at the same time. Well, you know, what, while you were uh, deployed, I know you meant, you said you did one deployment, but yeah. while you were deployed, it's my understanding that that's actually when you decided to start Cleveland OCR and yeah. you also designed the uniforms for Cleveland OCR while you were over there. Right. Yeah. Um, so I deployed in 2017, um, April of 2017. Um, I did a few OCR races before then, uh, just kind of casually with some friends, just, Hey, let's go do this mud run and check it out. You know? Um, and I did one of them and I kind of fell in love with it. I'm like, this is kind of my jam here, you know? Um, and then I got deployed, uh, while I was overseas, Spartan race does international races. So they actually had a Spartan race in Kuwait. So uh, me and one of my good buddies, who's another soldier I deployed with, me and him actually drove up to that race and were able to do it while we were deployed. Um, and, and I came back and it was, I think it was February of 2018. Um, we were about a month away from coming home and I was sitting in the USO one night and, uh, you know, I was like, you know what we should do? Like, we should start a group to get everybody in the area together. So one, people can meet each other. Two, you know, when you go somewhere by yourself, it, it can be intimidating, especially if you don't know what you're doing. So it's a way to connect individuals together uh, to be able to race and, and kind of feel more comfortable doing it. Um, and then, you know, it's grown into what it is now. So, I mean, I, I, I had no clue what my expectations were for the group, but it's, it's become bigger than I thought it was going to be. Oh, it's, it's pretty big. I mean, if I'm not mistaken, Jason, you'd know better than me, but I think you have over 700 members, at least on the Facebook group and it's growing all the time. Yeah, we, we do. And I mean, even like two years ago, I want to say that number was around like 300. So especially in the last year and a half or two years, I mean, we've almost tripled in size. Yeah. And, you know, I, I kind of want to talk about, you mentioned the Spartan race, but a lot of people don't even know what these races entail. So sure. did you, I, I, you had your military training, but did you really have any idea what you were getting into when you did that Spartan race or was uh, everything a little bit of a surprise? You know, I, I knew what I was getting into because I, you know, on, on Facebook and social media, I would see these ads for Tough Mudder and Spartan race. And, you know, they would have some cool video with it with people jumping in mud and doing all this crazy stuff. And I'm like, man, that looks like a lot of fun. Um, so yeah, I knew what I was going to myself into, but, um, the races themselves, I mean, they range anywhere from a three K to, you know, a half marathon to a marathon in distance. Um, the most common ones are a three K to a 10 K range. Um, yeah. but I mean, they entail a lot of trail running, you know, getting muddy and getting dirty. Uh, the obstacles they have are things like, you know, six foot, eight foot walls you have to jump over. Um, they'll have monkey bars. They'll have rigs with different hand grips and apparatuses hanging from it that you have to try to traverse across. Uh, it can be balance beams. They have strength obstacles like, you know, flipping tires, carrying giant stones, uh, you name it. So not only are you competing 
in a running race, but you also got to stop and pick up heavy shit along the way, which really. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. And, so and you you're know, normally all muddy, too. You got water all over you. You got like mud oh, in your eyes and you're trying to I, do this. Yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, the majority of them are in the summertime, so it, it's hot out. You're sweating. You're covered in mud. You're trying to grip on the things that are already hard to grip, let alone your hands are slippery. You know, so it really takes a lot of, you know, commitment, dedication to really do some of these races. If, if, if you're doing them competitively. Now, you can go out there with some friends. Yeah. Just have a good time. Go slow. You know, still do the obstacles, but it's a lot different when you're going out there that, to win an award. That is exactly what I was going to ask. Can an idiot like me, do I have to be embarrassed to go out there and just try, uh, you know, as long as I let the, the, the good people run past me? Yeah, when no, they want to run past. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, any, anybody can do these races. I, I mean, we have we have kids that join our group that do it. We have 60 plus year olds that go out there and do these races. So obviously you have to know your limits, right? If you can't do something, hey, give it a shot. If you can't do it, no big deal. Yeah. Um, most races, they have the competitive athletes run early. Um, and then the open waves all go later than that. Um, but no, anybody, I mean, a lot of people get nervous to try it. And that's another reason why this group's so great is because they find our group. They're like, hey, this is my first time. Can somebody help me? And people just jump up like, yeah, I got you. You know, I'll run a lap with you. Yeah. yeah. And, and well, that's, so honest, that's honestly what I what, – no, no, no I was just saying like, like my first thought when you started describing running in the mud, and jumping under things, doing that thing was, man, I would love to do that. And then my second thought was I couldn't do that in front of the people who are good at that. <laughs> you know so, what so it's good to know that it's cool for the people you know what i mean you just want yeah. to go out there and try no i i mean most most of the competitive racers that i race against including myself we go out there for a second lap with friends we go out there for a third lap with friends you know so i mean because racing alone is a blast and it's fun and it's challenging and we enjoy it but going out there with new people and like pushing them through it and guiding them through it and kind of assisting. Right. That's just as fun. I mean, I, I have a great time being the cheerleader out there taking pictures and running behind people yelling at them and getting videos. You know I mean? That, that's just <laughs> as fun as racing. Well, Jason, what happens if uh, in these races, let's say I can't complete an obstacle for whatever yeah. reason, is there like, do they just deduct time from you or is there something else you're supposed to do? What happens if you can't do one of the obstacles? So if you're a competitive racer, um, a lot of events are mandatory obstacle completion. So if you fail an obstacle, go back and do it again. If you fail it again, go back and do it again, right? So, um, you know, you might try an obstacle seven, eight, nine times. And if you don't complete an obstacle and you're a competitive racer, uh, they usually give you a wristband and then you lose your wristband, which means you're, you know, you're out for awards. You can still finish the race, but you can't, you know, get, a, get an award for your finishing time. Um, other races like Spartan race, if you fail an obstacle, they have, uh, they normally do burpees, but next year they're actually getting rid of burpees and they're doing penalty loops instead. Um, so, so let's say you try an obstacle, you get one attempt. If you fail that obstacle, you have to go run a penalty, a penalty loop instead. So that's obviously going to add on, you know, two minutes or so onto your time. Yeah. Um, if you're an open runner and you're going out there, just have fun, do whatever you want. Try an obstacle. If you can't do it you can run through it or you can try it again. You know what I mean? So at that point for the open runners, it's all about pushing yourself and seeing what you can do. Yeah. And it's cool that you talked about like going there and pushing people. And I thought about that. And like when you're, I, I, I coach CrossFit and one of the nice things that you see when you have new people and it brings you 
true joy is when they finally get something for the first time, whether it be a lift or a movement, or in your case, maybe an obstacle, or they just finished their first race. Yeah. It, that, that changes people. You can like physically see it on their face. The change that is just taking place. It's a really, really cool thing. You know, I mean, one obstacle that a lot of people struggle with is like, to me, it's kind of simple, but a rope climb, you know, so they'll have a 20 foot rope climb. And I mean, that's one obstacle where I know so many people that couldn't get that. And then they finally get it the first time. And I mean, they're jumping, they're screaming. I mean, things like that are, are what makes the sport fun, just like in CrossFit or just like in any other sport, you know, but yeah, I, I mean, dominate an obstacle that you've been training for months to try to get and you finally get it. Like there's no better feeling. And, and how do they treat rope, rope climbs? Do you have to do those strict or can you do the foot wrap and then, and then climb? Well, let me ask you this. If you go do a Spartan beast, for example, a 13 mile race and you run 12 and a half miles, can you do a strict? You think? Hell no. Hell no. I'm not right. So, so it, whatever you got to do to get up that rope. So you can do the S hook, the J hook, whatever you got to do to get up that rope. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Good. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Cause I was like, I was like, that would be so daunting. Like, especially because you, there's other obstacles. I'm sure there's always like a monkey bar type obstacle um, that you're doing on top of that. And that's just, it's a lot. That sounds like a lot. It sounds really cool. And I've always wanted to do a Spartan race. And uh, I probably am going to try one this summer now. I know it. I'm going to have to come out and work out with you guys a couple of times. Jason. Yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll get you into one. I mean, Ohio, Ohio has a trifecta weekend again, so they do all three races. You know, it's it's funny, Dave, too, because uh, you always make that joke about that video of me pulling a car in the rain, or, or the truck yeah. in the rain. <laughs> that was with Jason. Yeah. That was that was just one of their strength competitions. Oh, so, that dude, that makes so much sense. Yeah, I, I, I just what, thought that was so funny, and and honestly, it has just it's shamed me now. I can't even look <laughs> you in the I can't even look you in the face ever since I've seen you pull a truck. I can't even look you dead in the eye anymore. <laughs> yeah. Well, and they do stuff like that now. I know we're talking about the races right now, but um, yeah, Jason, you're a nonprofit. You yeah. push a lot of people. You have seven hundred, you know, plus people that are following you on on the Facebook page. But uh, you you have Metro Park workouts that anybody's invited to come out and try. Um, and you also do fundraisers like w- the one I came to, which is a strength competition uh, and other types of fundraisers. Can you tell me a little bit about like your fundraisers and the workouts you guys do to prepare for these races? Yeah. So um, so it's, it's kind of funny. So our group started really 2018, um, you know just over a year later was when COVID hit. So a lot of us got together and we were just go run or work out or, you know, do whatever. Well, then when COVID happened, you know, every gym closed down, most businesses closed down. So it was actually, oh yeah, you know, one of my best friends, Dave Dombrowski, we were sitting around one day talking and we're like, dude, why don't we just, you know, do our own stuff, like do our own workouts. Um, so he used to go to a gym that worked out uh, Tuesday, Thursdays. And he said, why don't we do Tuesday, Thursday workouts? So we put together what we called the quarantine crew and it was about six or eight of us that got together and we would do workouts outside at stadiums or in the park or whatever. Um, and then I think it was that Easter, I had the idea. I'm like, why don't we do, why don't we put on our own little OCR event? Right. So let's, you know, I'll, I'll make a workout 
it'll be five miles with an exercise every half mile, kind of, kind of like what we were seeing in a race. So we did that. And then, um, you know, it just kind of turned into, Hey, let's do this every Sunday, you know, and let's do something every single week and train for these races. So, um, every Sunday we put on a free Metro park workout and actually everything with our group is free. Um, because again, our goal is to get people interested in the sport, interested in the fitness, interested into the collaboration, you know, working together. So we don't ever charge anything. Um, so the Sunday workouts, we go down to the Metro parks, we go to a high school stadium, we go, you know, wherever we can. And, um, I write up a workout that's usually anywhere from five to eight miles, um, including hill runs. Sometimes we go through water crossings. Um, we take all the equipment with us. So sandbags, weights, sleds, slam balls, you name it. Um, and then whoever wants to show up can show up. So we've done workouts where there's four of us there, but usually we have anywhere from 10 to 20 people show up every Sunday for the workout. Um, so that has been a, a great, a, you know, great thing that we do. Uh, we do it all year round. So we do it in the rain, we do it in the snow, we do it in the cold. Like, you know, we talked earlier, I mean, there's no excuses, you know, wake up and go. Once you're there, you're going to do the workout. The hardest part yeah. is getting wet. Um, I always say 90% of the, the workout is showing up. Yeah. You know, I mean, once you're there, you're fine because if you come to our workout and you're not motivated, something's wrong with you because I'm out there screaming, who and hollering, trying to, you know, jazz everyone up people, you know, I mean, we, we, we kind of talk smack a little bit to kind of motivate people. Oh, you know, you're looking kind of slow today, you know, so just, yeah. start, you know, getting everyone going. I mean, we have a great time. Um, I'm running around with my phone, taking pictures and videos of everyone just so we can show everyone what we're doing, you know? Um, so <laughs> it's, it's, it's been great, man. I mean, um, so then let's see. So, uh, so should, I up, should I show up with bagels and, and egg McMuffins? Um, for everybody right before we all run and is that would that be appropriate or you guys would not want that you can we'll eat that afterwards afterwards <laughs> oh okay that's yeah, that's yeah. the app yeah okay yeah, yeah. yeah. that's so, that, that, I get. <laughs> that's where you replenish the carbs dave that's where you replenish exactly. the carbs you just lost yeah. <laughs> right. yeah so um so we also decided to uh actually covid kind of morphed a lot of what we do because things closed down races were canceled so we started putting on our own events too, because we're like, we can't take a whole year off. You know I mean? That, that's just not how we do things. So um, we started doing the, the fitness games slash strongman competition, which is the one you came to. Yeah. Um, we've done that for three years now. Um, and that's something different than OCR. Uh, it, it's just a fun challenge. So uh, the first year, I think the first year I thunderstormed all night, all morning. So that kind of scared people away, but we still did it. Um, we had tents out there. We were hiding under the tents, getting wet. But uh, I think the first year we, had, the first year I think we had about fifteen or sixteen total guys and girls. Uh, the second year we had close, I think three two, and then last year we had over fifty people show up, you know, and compete. Um, wow! So, so just like our Sunday workouts, I mean, we bring all the equipment. I I load up my trailer. I load up the. I have two trailers. We load up. We get my buddy's truck. We load it up. Um, again, it's it's a free event. Um, we do ask for donations if anybody wants to donate and that's kind of how we raise money for our group. Um, and that money goes into buying more equipment, um, buying t-shirts, buying stickers, buying things for our group members that we can just give out, you know? Um, and then, you know, uh, we, we started doing a, every winter we do what we call the team Olympics and it has to be in the snow. So we go, we all get together, we break off into four or five teams and we do like team challenge workouts, which again are a blast. Um, 
last year we did like buddy carries. So we're running down a football field with six inches of snow with someone on your back, you know, just as long as you you can run for five minutes with someone on your back, you know, Um, we do uh, every Memorial day, we get together and we do the Murph, which I know you probably do. I mean, most gyms do Murph on Memorial day. Um, We do the Murph. That that's a fundraiser event for us. So I think we had, uh, I think we had 46 people come to the Murph last year. Um, and, to, and well, this year, 2022. Um, and then we also do uh, a new one is the backyard battle. So in my backyard, I've built almost every obstacle that you'll see at a race. Um, so, so we train back there, we work out back there. It's a great opportunity for new people to come and try something before they spend the money to go to a race. Um, so we decided, Hey, let's do a race before the season really kicks off. So we did it in April. Um, you know, me being an art teacher, I made these awesome awards for it for the top three men, top three women, um, wrote up a workout. Everybody came and competed. We had a cookout afterwards, you know, so like, not only do we push everyone to, you know, compete and try what, you know, physically things that they can't do before, but we also just do a lot of social things as a group, you know? Yeah. It's a really, it's a community. It's a, it's an obstacle course racing community and it's really positive. And I, I can guarantee you're changing people's lives. One of my good friends, um, Chris Meyer (laughs) is part of Cleveland obstacle course racing. And I, he, he's shocking me because I I see his posts all the time. He's competing in these events and he's actually kicking ass and he's my, he's my age. He is doing fantastic. He, he's, he's my age. You know, we went to the, uh, the strength competition that I went to, went to, there was one of the events was, um, they call it an Atlas carry, but like, and you put it over a rope, which is really a concrete ball that weighs X amount of pounds. So you had one, I think for guys, the first one might've been 75 pounds and then it was yeah. 95 pounds, 115 pounds, maybe I can't remember the yeah, and then the last one was about 175, I think. Yeah, oh yeah, big boy. And I got that 175. I had hurt my shoulder. See, here's my excuse coming out right now. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> so I had hurt my shoulder and I put myself up, like put it up on my knees like this, and I was trying to pick it up and and I couldn't get it up. So then Chris goes after me. And he probably weighs like 40 pounds less than me. He picked that thing up and he got it yeah. over. And I was happy for him. Yeah. But part oh, of me was jealous as hell. I'm not going to lie. If he ever <laughs> hears this, he's got to know that I was jealous as hell. He got yeah. that over the over the rope. Uh, yeah. Which is yeah. funny because today I had to do some lifts. And I purposely put 185 on there to make sure that I got it and, and jerked it up over my head. And I'm like, okay, good. I can still lift the 185. I'm good. I'm good. You know, this is fine. But I was, yeah. I was a little upset that day, but. Um, you know, it's funny. Cause you know, you, you mentioned Chris. So funny story about him. We actually met Chris. We were doing, so we do Tuesday, Thursday evening workouts, whoever wants to show up. Um, anytime it's nice out, we do it at the Avon fitness park. It's an outdoor park by the pool. Um, we're inside now because of daylight savings time because it's black at 4.30. But so we're, we're outside doing those. And we were doing the workout one day and we see this dude just chasing his dog in the park. His dog's running around. This guy's just chasing him. His face is red because he's so mad he can't catch his dog. So we're like, hey, guys, let's stop and help this dude catch his dog, you know. So we stop and kind of corner this dog into an area and he gets him back. And, and that was Chris. So that's how we met Chris. <laughs> So he's like, what are you guys doing here? And, you know, we talked to him. And then, I mean, he's, he's, he's one of our best friends now, you know? I mean, we do everything together. 
Well, and it's funny too, because Chris was always a phenomenal cross country runner. Yeah. So like, I can see that, especially with the distance you guys have to go a lot of times in these races, that's got to transition well. And he's got the body type for it. And it's yeah. just, it's really good. And I, and I, he just seems so positive and good every time I see him. And that's when I said, I mean, I know this stuff's life changing. There's so many people out there. They're just looking for a group of positive people to be around. Maybe their friends are a little too negative or all they want to do is go to the bar yeah. or whatever. And, and the, this is so, so much different. These communities are so different. They're so positive. You know, you guys embraced me when I showed up just for one time. Everybody was great to me. I, I had a great time when I came to that one event. And I would have gone to more, but, you know, there's only so much time and I'm already involved in that other gym. But then I was like, man, I got to start going to some of these Sunday workouts with these guys. But then I'm like, I always look at them. I'm like, oh, my God, look what they're doing. This thing's going to take like two hours. If they're they're going 10 miles. I don't know if I can do it. You know what? And and that's that's a good point you brought up, because these Sunday workouts that we do, like everybody goes at your own pace. So you know, me and Chris are two of the faster ones in the group. Like no one expects you to stay with us. You know, if you got to walk a lap, walk a lap, you know, if yeah. you got to modify a workout cause you can't do it, modify it. You know, I mean, we've had people come who legit, I don't want to say any names, but we've had people come who they couldn't do anything. I mean, they, they walked four laps. That was it. You know, we're running eight miles. They walked four laps, maybe got one mile in a month later, they're jogging a little bit, you know, month later they're getting two miles in and now they're doing the whole workout with us you know not not at our pace but i mean they're doing it at their pace completing six seven miles in a row so i mean it, it, it's one of those things where i truly believe the more you practice anything you're going to get better at it i don't care if it's writing papers shooting free throws doing pull-ups if you practice something long enough there's no way you can get worse at doing it. yeah i think the biggest uh, problem in a lot of these things. It, it was like this with me and CrossFit, and it's going to be the same thing, I'm sure, with you guys in the obstacle course racing. But it's this old comparison is the thief of joy. You start looking at these people who have been doing stuff for 12 years. They're great at it. They've been working at it for 12 years, and that's what they've, they're passionate about. That's what they do. And you you show up day one, and, and part of you like expects you to be as good as them or to be able yeah, to compete so. with them. It, it's ridiculous. It's, yeah. you know, uh, when you logically look at it, but there's this emotional part of people that are like, I don't want to look stupid. I don't want to look out of place. I, these people are really good at this. When nine times out of 10, those people are more than happy that you're showing up yeah. and you're starting it off for the first time and they get joy out of the fact of the first time you complete an obstacle or you're, or how much better you're getting. And they, like it's when you're part of those communities, they're going to push you to get better at these things. Yeah. And couple of years in next thing you know you're you're you may not be beating them but you're keeping up you know keep, yeah i mean you're doing better you know and what not even our group even when you go to the races you know like the festival area where everyone hangs out before they run and after they run like there's just so much positivity there i mean i've met so many people just oh hey i saw you on the course how'd you do oh good how'd you do you know what i mean and then you know you find them on instagram you find them on facebook you know and it's like i keep in touch with so many people now from across the country just because i race against them all the time you know, and yeah, everyone's positive. Everyone's encouraging. Everyone's supportive. I mean, it, it's just—it's truly. I think it's one of the best communities there is in all sports. I mean, there's there, there's nothing that beats it. Yeah, you know, hey, I, hey, that's I, really cool. Really quick, uh, you know, you guys talk about like the community of it, and, and like I 
I feel motivated after having this conversation, just actually with <laughs> both of you here. And I, here, here's funny. I'm not even trying to be funny because like, you know what, uh, what strikes me about your personality, Jason, especially is like just meeting you for the first time is you seem genuinely happy to me. Yeah. And, and, and it's funny because there's a, there's a, when you meet people, you, you start to realize you very rarely meet someone who runs and is, is athletic like that, that, that isn't happy. And I think people are searching for happiness in life. And honestly, like just what, seeing how happy you seem in your life makes me motivated to want to do that. That's awesome. Yeah, that's great. I I, mean, you know, and you know what, like, I, I mean, me as an individual, I mean, my goal is to be able to do something for somebody else all the time. So, so if it's, if, if it's helping you stay active, if it's, if it's making you happier, if it's helping you, whatever, you know, whatever it takes. I mean, that's my goal is to make everyone around me better. But I, myself, I get better from the people around me too. I mean, so like, yeah, I, I put this group together and it's growing and like people are getting better, but like that encourages me to be better, you know, because I don't want to plateau. Yeah. I'm, if you come to a workout and I see you get better and better and better, I look at myself and I'm like, man, what am I doing now better? But what else can I do? So, yeah, and like I said, it's, it's supportive, it's encouraging, it's motivating, it's inspiring. Like, it's just, it's all around a good place to be. It, it really is. You know, I think there's a little piece of people with their insecurities when they show up somewhere for the first time. You don't know anybody. And there is a part of people where they're like, I don't want somebody to laugh at me. I don't want somebody to mock me. I don't want somebody to feel like I don't belong here. And it's in it, the, the, the strange thing about things like, uh, you know, obstacle course racing is there are certain things that you are just going to naturally, if you're a bigger person, you're going to be able to lift the heavier weight, you know, yeah, uh, yeah. It, it, you're going to be good at that, but you may not be as good at running. But you're a skinnier person. You might come out and just smoke everybody in the running, but you might need a little bit of work in your lifting and and others. We all have what we're good at, what we're bad at, and you start to develop that. And then, you know, in in CrossFit and and in uh, obstacle course racing, it kind of encourages you to try to be good at everything. Even though it's impossible, you do have to be – like I I think you you guys probably have to train in cycling. You have to do lifting. You have to run. You have to – I don't know if you guys do swimming events. I don't know. No, we, we don't swim a lot, but like you said, cycling is a great thing, CrossFit, strength lifting. Uh, we do a lot of rock climbing. I mean, definitely working that grip yeah. strength and, and, and that body mobility and that body awareness. Um, a lot of us do uh, like Ninja Warrior training too. There's a lot of Ninja Warrior gyms around. So that's a different kind of uh, training. Like obviously there's no running involved, but man, if you can do five or six – you know, grip obstacles back to back to back to back, that's going to build that endurance for you. you oh, know? yeah. And I mean, you, you hit the nail on the head. OCR is great because I've seen, you know, I, I'm 6'1", 6'2", 200 pounds. So I'm, I'm a pretty big guy for obstacle course racing, but I'm also pretty fast. So I do really well in it. We've been to races where there's guys who are 240, 250 just cut. I mean, jacked and they can't flip the tire because they're so exhausted from the runs. You know, I mean, they're just they're dead. They're and gassed. The flip side, they're totally guys, gassed. Yeah, they're completely gassed. I mean, and then and then here comes you know someone like Chris who's 160 pounds and he just flips that tire without even thinking about it. You know, so <laughs> that training that you do makes you better for the races. It is, and you know what? It's it's funny because even that little event and the, there was a small event to give you guys an idea of uh, 
one event at the strength competition besides the, the Atlas carry. There was the first one that they did. You had a sled in front of the, in front of you. And on these sleds on grass and it was raining, you had to push a sled over the grass in the ground and get it to a certain point. Then at that point, there was a, I think it was a 75 pound, like Ram, they call it a Ram. Like it looks like the Rams that you would use to like uh, a SWAT team would use to open the door. That's the kind of Ram it looks like. Yeah. Yeah. It's a a big metal steel pipe. Yeah. Big metal steel pipe that has some handles and you pick it up, get it over your head X amount of times. Then you grab a sandbag, you throw it on your back, you run X amount of yards. I think it was like a hundred some yards or something. Yeah. hundred yards with a 70 pound sandbag. Run it back and do the thing in opposite. Now you're doing the burpees again with that over your head, run it back. Takes about a minute and a half. Your heart is pushing <laughs> right out of your chest. Your eyes are bulging out. Rain's hitting you in the face. You're like, what did I just do? Did I just burn 150 calories? It's like, no, Brian, you burned 10. But you were good. <laughs> you were good for about a minute and 30 seconds there. That was an awesome minute and 30 seconds, though. Yeah, that was an awesome minute and 30 seconds. So I yeah. can see if you're not – and I train for stuff like that. If, if I, I don't care how big a guy is. He can be in the gym all day lifting weights, bulking up. If he doesn't train for endurance, he's going to get smoked and stuff like that. You're just going to get smoked. Uh, yeah, you know, and, and at, at that event, we did that. That was the first event that we did at the at the fitness games because it got everyone moving right away. You know, but then we move into like the Atlas Stones or we did the Farmer's Carry or even like the Deadlifts. Those are more true strength, you know, events. Yes. So, so, so we mix, we have about – Half of it's a true strength event, half it's a true endurance event. But if you don't do any kind of cardio or any kind of endurance, even though you might be the strongest guy, those few events wear you out. So by the time it comes out, by the time it comes over to the deadlift or the overhead press, you're like, I'm done. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. I'm gonna miss it. Yeah, uh, it, it, it is. It's a lot, and uh, but it's great. It's just a, it's a great overall feeling. It really gets the endorphins going. It, it gets you going, and it, it's it's a lot of fun. So, Jason, where can we find you? Like, where where can we find Cleveland OCR? Do you have an Instagram? Do you have a Facebook? Do you have a website? What do, what do you got? Yeah, so we have a uh, Facebook page. Um, I think it's facebook.com slash groups slash CLE OCR. Um, if you just look up CLE OCR, you'll find, you know, our logo pops up. Um, we also have an Instagram page as well. Um, the Instagram page isn't as... Um, it, the Instagram page is more formal because it, we share, we share current events, past events, and like workouts that we're doing. Um, and you know, you can't really comment or give too much feedback on Instagram. So our Facebook page is like our main community page because anybody can post, anybody can comment. Um, you know, if someone's looking for a running buddy, they can put it on there. If someone's looking at an event somewhere, Hey, who else is going here? So our Facebook page is where about 90% of our collaboration takes place. Yeah, and, and I've actually seen that being a member on there. Mm-hmm. Uh, you'll see somebody post, hey, looking to get some people together for X day uh, to just do a run in the metros or to do a workout in the metros um, or, or whatever. And, you know, you'll get about eight people that will be like, yeah, I'll meet you there. See you. And, uh, you know, and, get and, some you pictures. Know, and sometimes, I mean, you know, obviously we have over 700 members. and Not everyone is super active in the group. Um 
you know, I mean, we, we have a, a good group, like a core group that's, that, that, that does everything. You know, they're always active. They're always comments and they're always posting. But it's cool when someone posts an event like, hey, I'm going to go for a 15-mile bike ride. Does anybody want to join? And we'll get people that be like, yeah, man, I'll meet you there. And I'm like, who's that person? You know, so it's just another <laughs> way to get people. You know, or someone will be like, hey, you know, I've been in the group for two years, but I haven't came around yet. I'm like, what's stopping you? You know, come on out. Let's do something together. You know, yeah. so it, it, it's really cool when, you know, people who aren't as active, you know, jump in or finally step up and, and, and meet up with us. Yeah. And speaking of like uh, special events, and we mentioned a hero wide before, like you talked about Murph. Yeah. Some people don't know what a hero wad is. Uh, first of all, that means workout of the day. But a hero wad, these are wads that are workouts that are dedicated to soldiers that gave the uh, ultimate price uh, during their service, uh, normally overseas or somewhere, and uh, had their life taken from them. And it, these are workouts named after these particular people. Uh, so I know you talked about the Murph, but like a Murph for people that don't know what Murph is, it's 100 pull-ups, 200 push-ups, 300 air squats. But before you do that, you have to run a mile with a, I think for guys, it's 45 pound weighted vest or is it 25 pound weighted vest? It might be a 20, I think it's a 20 pound weighted vest. Yeah. And then 25 or 30, I believe it. I, I okay. With the plates is 30 pounds. Okay. Okay. And then you run, a mile at the end when you're done with that normally it takes if you have that vest on it's easy taking an hour for me yeah um, and and with the vest on it's harder to breathe like you can't expand your lungs and if you keep it too tight or I, if you have it tight you can't breathe if you have it too loose you start chafing all over your <laughs> sides and everything so yeah. it's a it's a real experience well but, you know you know and even with the murph when we do that you know we had uh, you know, give or take 40 people there uh, this year. And, I, you know, I would say more than half of them did it with a vest on. Some people did it just body weight, you know, because they didn't want the extra weight or they didn't have a vest. And then even within that, within that workout, um, you know, half of those people that had the vest on did it strict where you do it in order. The one mile, 100 uh, pull-ups, 200 push-ups, 200 squats, one mile. And then the other half broke it up. So they did, you know, 5, 10, 15 of all those mm -hmm. workouts, but rounds of it so you know again like you can modify things if you need to i mean it's still going to be a great workout and it's still going to kick your butt doing that yeah absolutely and you know i want that's a great point because you can scale all this stuff in our gym let's say you can't do pull-ups we have rings in there and you can just do what we call ring rows where you grab them your feet are on the ground you just you pull yourself up you're still working the lats yeah. you can do the push-ups from your knees you don't have to have a weighted vest on um and the air squats our air squats you can you can probably most people can do them um and you know and try to do the run if you don't want to run it walk it whatever but if you get through it i mean you're getting a workout no matter what you can Absolutely. always scale it yeah so yeah it, it, it's a great time it's a great it's a great thing to do um but with that being said uh what kind of events do you have coming up uh jason is there stuff that you guys have coming up i know you also mentioned that you have uh, some community choice awards coming up uh, that are to be voted for. Yeah. Um, so but, uh, your first question, the event's coming up. So in January, we get together um, on one of our Sundays and we do what's called the Team Olympics. So that's the one where 
we post out a few weeks ahead of time so everyone knows. Um, we all get together. We break off into about four teams, and then each team works together to complete like five or six challenges. Um, so we'll do things like buddy carries where someone's on your back, or um, we've done sandbag bear crawls. You know, we got to do a bear crawl on your hands and knees, pull that sandbag, you know, but we're in five or six inches of snow doing it. Um, it, sounds it sounds crazy in the snow. I'm telling you, that's one of the most fun events we do because everyone's just like, we're here. Let's do it. Let's go. You know, it's, it's, it's that false motivation that gets you all amped up, ready to go. Um, so, so we'll do that in January In April. We'll do the backyard battle too, which again, it's, 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 you're going to get every obstacle you see in a race, but it's going to be here in North Olmstead. It's at our house in the backyard. So you got people helping you, people showing you how to do obstacles. Um, so that's another fundraiser event that we do. Um, and like, like I said, our fitness games that you were talking about, that happens every year in August, usually the third week in August. So I think it's August 20th, 2023, we'll be doing that event. Um, so those, those are the group events that we do. Um, but then, yeah, uh, your second question, uh, there's an app called the OCR buddy. Um, you can download on your, on your phone, on your tablet. And uh, it's a great app. It shows you by day, every single event happening all over the country, all over the world. So if you have an open weekend in June, you're like, Hey, what's going on that weekend? You click it and be like, Oh, there's a savage race. Oh, there's a tough mutter. Um, and, and, and they do a lot for the community of OCR um, at the end of every year. So right like this time in December, they do what's called the OCR um, community choice awards. So uh, this year, this is the first time this has happened for us. And it's super exciting. Um, we were nominated for most inspirational team or most inspirational and best team. Um, and we're one of, I think five teams nominated and all, all five of these teams are great. Um, one of them's in Indiana, one's in Illinois, another one's kind of more out on the West coast. And then we're nominated. And then, um, I was nominated for, uh, OCR influence award. So someone, somebody who does something that influenced the community. Um, and again, I'm up with four other people, all who I know personally, they're all friends of mine. Um, some of them are race directors. Some of them build obstacle courses. And then, um, yeah, I'm on there as an obstacle course group leader. That's awesome. You know, I don't know where the other people are from. And I don't, you know, I heard the other teams that are up for these awards are from other places so i'm sure they're great i'm sure they're great people but they're not cleveland great yeah so <laughs> we got to make sure we got to make sure they get the cleveland uh people to win these awards you know and, 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 and you're doing great stuff anyway jason so it wouldn't be a problem for you to win these things in, in my in my view yeah um, I, I think i think something that's kind of unique is um so two of the other groups, uh, they're called Flatliners and Strong as Oak. Um, like both of those groups, they have a gym. They have an OCR slash CrossFit gym, you know? So like that's where the members come from. Like CLE OCR, we don't have a gym. We don't have like a home location. Like we're strictly a group that formed through social media that got together and became a community, you know? So like us doing the things we do and not having an actual gym, I think is extremely unique to what we're doing. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It, it, it's, it's kind of got that, that, uh, grit to it, that grit feel like it gives it that underground feel, you know, like yeah, yeah, yeah. Of these other places, you know, it's like, it's like Rocky, uh, you know, against the Russian, you know, you're <laughs> just, yeah, Rocky's climbing mountains. He's got, he's in there, he's lifting wood and he, you know, the Russians in there getting his shot at test or 
probably straight <laughs> steroids and he's like yeah, punching, right. punching to get his yeah it's kind of gives it that grit it's like that rocky grit i love that so you know you guys are training outside in the elements you don't need the air conditioning on while you're doing your obstacles doing it in the heat cool. you're doing it in the snow you're doing it in the rain no, i mean, I mean that, that in itself is is rocky that's rocky right there that's what he does you know it, it, it's embracing the suck no excuses you know, and taking the military. I mean, we have a lot of military veterans in our group too, but, you know, taking the old train as you fight model, you know, if you're going to run a race in nine degrees in the summer, you got to train nine degrees in the summer, not in the air conditioning. Yep. If you're racing the cold and I'll tell you what, the OCR world championships this year um, up in Vermont, when my group ran, it was 32 degrees and raining on us the whole race. And uh, your, your fingers are frozen you're grabbing metal apparatuses and like, I mean, your hands don't work the same way when nope. they're freezing cold. So if we didn't train in that weather, we wouldn't have been prepared, uh, prepared for it, you know? No. And, and that's yeah. actually one thing I was going to say. That was the one thing they, they taught me as a trainer. They said, Brian, you have to train people in different types of environments. You can't keep them in the air conditioning. Like th there's nothing wrong with going outside and doing your workout one of the days when it's really hot and humid. Because people are going to actually have to be in those environments to do to do this type of work, you know. Yeah, and when you're out there, even when it's hot, the sun feels good. You get the, the fresh air, the wind. Like there's a you can't get that inside of you. No, and then it gives me an excuse to take my shirt off, and you there know, you, you know, Flush everybody lines. knows that that's why I'm just looking for an excuse to take my shirt off. You know, no, but for real, like that, that you do have to train. Uh, like that to be able to to be able to uh, compete in those conditions. Uh, otherwise, you're just not going to be ready for it. Um, so we're definitely going to make sure that yeah. it's OCR Buddy. It's an app, yeah. and you've got uh, awards for uh, best influential team, and you as the best influencer. Yeah. Right? Okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, we're definitely going to need to. Cool. To, I'm mentioning that again for that reason. Um, but with yeah, that, that being that, said. Oh, go that, ahead, Jim. Sorry. Um, that just came out today, actually, and the voting is open until December 14th. Okay. So we got a little nice. bit of got a little bit of time. Uh well, with that being said, uh we're gonna go ahead and get out of here. I know we've you know wasted enough of your time. You gotta get back out there and start training, Jason. So we don't wanna <laughs> we don't wanna make sure we wanna make sure you're ready for the next event. He's got uh, rough coming up. Out, hey, hey, out. Dave, before we go, tell me one thing that you learned today from today's episode. You know what? I, I actually feel like I learned something pretty important. Um, I bet you there's a lot of people who have things that they wish they could do and, and maybe the type of person that they see themselves as being, but they it, it feels insurmountable because they feel like they have to do it alone. And I like, I think my advice would be, and what I've learned today is find a community. Uh, there's people out there that will pick you up and help you along in this year. You don't have to get out there and there's people that'll help you out and pull you up. Cause I can tell you if I wanted to do what you guys are talking about, it would take me a long time. It would feel like a gigantic task. And so it does help me to know that if I did show up on Sunday morning workout, not only would you not laugh at me for having egg McMuffins with me, but you would help <laughs> me get through the first event. 
<laughs> yeah. Well, that's a good point. You know, I, I think there's something psychological about a lot of adults where they, they don't want to feel like they're bad at something. So they just stick in their lanes. You know, it's really yeah. hard. To, once you're an adult, children go out of their lanes all the time because they don't have a lane, right? They're willing to experience all sorts of different things. Hey, give me some crayons. I'm going to draw. Oh yeah. I'll throw football around with you. And they know they're bad at everything, but they don't care. They're trying life. But we should almost keep that mentality as adults sometimes too. I mean, we could still stick with what we're good at, but if there's something we really want to try and we're scared just because we know we've never tried it before. Yeah. There's a community out there that will hundred percent get behind you. Yeah. Absolutely. I've said this a million times. If you want to be great at something, surround yourself with people who are better than you are. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. You're yep. right. Yep. You know, I, yep. I, I always kind of call it the bowling mentality, right? Like you can suck at something and still have fun doing it. Like I'm not good at bowling. I love bowling though. It's so fun to go out there with right. and just have a good time, you know? So, yeah. you know, don't be afraid to suck at something. Don't be afraid to try something new because you might end up enjoying it and you might get good at it, you know? Yeah. And, and most of the time people don't care that much. No. If somebody, if somebody cares or says something to you, normally that's the most insecure person in the room. The people that are good at things, they get hot. They will go 100% behind you and push you every inch of the way and support you every inch of the way. Uh, that people that are insecure are the ones that say things about you. And I know that when we come to a place for the first time, we're bringing our own insecurities with us. But when at least know with this group, and I can't speak for all groups, but uh, the Cleveland Obstacle Course Racing Team will embrace you 100%. They will get behind you and they will be happy to have you. So if you decide to join up with them for even one event or, or want to figure out what it's like uh, to run before you run your first Spartan race, you want to train with some people. I think you found the right group. Um, so the one yep. thing I think I took away and learned from today, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking uh, probably, Oh gosh, the, the number one thing that I think was the most interesting to me is that uh it really struck me when I heard that Jason did the whole idea for Cleveland OCR when he was deployed overseas and hadn't really thought about this and then developed it without being in Cleveland. You know, he wasn't in Cleveland, but thought, Hey, this could be a really good group of people And, and look where it's gone. I mean, believe it or not, Jason, you've probably changed not only your life, but now it looks like 700 plus other people's lives and moving forward. Who knows how many more lives are changed because of this group? I mean, when you look at stuff like that, you know, sure. most people say, hey, if I could just change one person's life, that would be, you know, I, I know I, I, I had a great purpose and, and, and this is this is what I, I'm on this planet for. But when you, you know, right now you're at 700 plus people, but you're changing all those people's lives. People meet each other from your group. People are exercising and changing their own lives from your group and who knows where they'd be without your group. So what a, what a stupendous thing that's here in Cleveland. And uh, man, I really appreciate you coming on and, uh, and talking about this and, and, and for everything you did with Cleveland OCR. So you're getting a big thank you from the Schwill on this one. <laughs> and uh, thanks for having me on here. I mean, I, I enjoyed, you know, spending time talking to you guys and, you know, going over all the stuff. This, this has been great.
Yeah. Uh, oh man, we've loved having you. And I'm going to look forward to my next workout with you. I'm, I'm going to post it up on the Facebook group that I'm coming out and, uh, you guys can kick my butt one of these days and I'm going to enjoy every minute of it. So I'll tell you uh, what, you post, you, you post, you're coming out. That's going to be one of our hardest workouts. Okay. So <laughs> usually people don't tell me they're coming because they don't want to, they, they want to give me any ideas. <laughs> Maybe I'll just show up then. Maybe I'll just show up. You'll, All right. With that being said, Oh, go ahead, Dave. Hey, you'll see him coming, Jason, because he'll be pulling the truck. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. It's my truck. He's going to be pulling me down to the workout. <laughs> as long as it's raining and uphill, I'll do it. Oh That's fine. Yeah, yeah. That uh, but with that being said, hey, everybody, thanks for tuning in to another edition of Cleveland Swill. We really appreciate it. Coming up into the holiday season, uh, we're going to wish you uh, a Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays. And, and I, I know you're going to be spending a lot of time time with your family, so... During this time, please have a drink in Cleveland Schwill's honor. And until then, we'll talk to you later.